The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody, I'm totally ready. Let's do this. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, how are you doing? What's shot? I'm, I'm doing good. You don't sound so good, but. <laughs> yeah, I have a little cold. You know, it's it's kind of taken me down, but, you know, I, I'm revved up for this hour, I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited because we're going to talk about one of my favorite things today, and that's food. I know. I, you know, that was going to be my line, actually. I, uh, I love talking about food and going out to eat is like one of my favorite activities. So um, what's, what's your favorite restaurant? I know you guys in Chicago are known for your deep dish pizza. I've been lucky enough to try that with you. But what's your favorite restaurant? Um, well, I have tons of favorite restaurants, but um, one of my favorite uh, restaurants that I actually went to this weekend is Trattoria Doc, D-O-C, and they had a really cool thing this weekend that they did was um, Amitri Chana pasta is like my favorite because it has bacon and it Ooh. came from the area where um, the earthquake was. So they did a promotion that if you got the pasta, then they donated a dollar for the earthquake victims and you donated a dollar. So that was like really cool. And, and they advertised on Facebook. And so then I saw it, and then, of course, I was like, oh, my God, we got to go out for dinner tonight. So it was really, it was pretty cool, and I got my favorite pasta, which is a Mitrichana. So what else Uh-oh. do you need? I know, and you were donating to a good cause, because it sounds like they matched every dollar. Yeah, and I think they're actually doing it throughout the year, and a bunch of Italian restaurants across the United States are doing it as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, you know, social media, that's how you learn to go out. I love that when people put something on social media and you're local and you can go out and, you know, do it. You know, that's- And then you dream about that meal all day long. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, we're really excited about today's guest, I have to say, because today's guest owns two restaurants in Manhattan. And um, he is actually... Uh, a celebrity chef. And the thing is, I didn't even know that when I met him. And I want to just give you a little backstory is, uh, you know, I was in the West Village on like the hottest day of the year in like in, uh, I don't know, it was like a few weeks ago with my friends and we were going to bite uh, NYC, which is like this place where you can make your own lipstick. It was part of the bachelorette party and I'll, I'll spare you all the details. But so we went there and then afterwards my friend was like, yeah, let's go to Second City. She had already like looked up 
places where we should go. And so we're walking and we're like, it's so hot. Like, what are we going to get there? So we go there and, and we walk in and the place was just like so cool. It was like such a like cool laid back vibe. The bartender was so friendly and nice. And, um, yeah, and I, I was like, oh, wow, this place is awesome. They were playing really cool beats in the background, and, like, the food was, like, it, it was, like, um, am Asian. It's, like, a Filipino taqueria, and, um, like, really amazing food options that are titled, like, hot Philly chick and, you know, buy curious tacos. And it's like, okay, this place is fun. You know, big graffiti mural. And um, so I see Jordan and I actually did not know that he was the owner, but I was like, are you the owner? And he was like, yes. And I was like, oh, you know, do you, I do this radio show? Are you interested? And he was like, yes. And so um, later when he sent me his bio, I was like, oh my God, you know, he's been around. Like this guy's a superstar, like, and we're going to have him on the show. So it's really exciting to have Jordan Andino here with us to talk about his story um, of being like, you know, this next generation uh, celebrity chef. So, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I want to actually give people a little bit of a background about, you know, who you are and sort of what you have done because you're in your mid-20s and you've done a lot. Like, you've been on um, Chopped, Beat Bobby Flay. I know you were on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, you were born in Toronto and you move at you know and you got into the culinary world at age nine working with your dad who is a um a renowned chef um and you know you have quite a history in the culinary world like you've worked with um you worked with john is it george's john, yeah john george yeah yeah at um in new york city new york city spago and beverly hills um french laundry in california under thomas keller um, and you were also, you know, uh, chefs, private chefs to a lot of people in um, the Hamptons, right? And now you're, that what's that? Oh, no, yeah, I'm just confirming that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I just want to make sure I get it right, you know. And so now you're the executive chef and owner of Invite Only, um, an American tapas supper club in uh, the meatpacking district in New York, and also Second City, the place that I visited, which is like a fast, casual Filipino taqueria in the West Village. So I have to ask you, like, what, how did you, you know, where did your passion for food come from? Well, honestly, my, my, it, it started with my dad. He's, uh, he's like you um, alluded to earlier, he's an executive chef in Toronto. And he's, you know, he's kind of always been my driver in order to get my, my culinary skills going. And he gave me my foundation of learning. And what happened was I moved to L.A. with my mom and then and go to school there. Every summer and winter, I would then go back to Toronto and visit my dad. And, you know, my dad being a chef, there's nothing to do other than cook, and so I had to just visit them in the kitchen. So starting from age of nine and then going up until, honestly, 17, every summer and winter during middle or grade school, middle school, high school, I, <clears throat> I didn't go to camp. I didn't play. I didn't go to museum parks. I didn't see my friends. I literally worked in professional kitchens every summer and winter. And that's where that passion, I guess, ignited and grew and what was that like for you? Did you have any, were you like, I'd rather just go out and play with my friends, but you wanted to be in the kitchen? 
it sounds like. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Like, as, um, as I start to get, I, I guess, more talented and, and keep up with the adults, so I thought, you know, adults or whatever, old people who were older than me, I started to get an affinity for it, and I started to be like, you know what, I would rather do this than go to swim camp or baseball camp or go to an amusement park because, you know, I was also making money. Like, you know, I'll get $100 a week for, like, a 12-year-old. That's, like, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right, you know, right, so, right. So it was nice. It was cool to, uh, to experience that at such a young age. And um, although, you know, at, at first I didn't have a choice, eventually I was like, okay, you know what, this is pretty cool. <clears throat> So what's your biggest takeaway from that that period of your life? Because you were doing, like, you know, taking out the trash and, I think, you know, doing, like, tasks just around the kitchen to sort of, you know, whatever needed to be done. What, what's your biggest takeaway from that experience? Oh, I would say my biggest takeaway is it set up a foundation for hard work and just diligence. Like, there's no way I would have learned that doing anything else. And so I learned what it was to make a dollar. I learned what it was to earn a dollar and earn the respect of people around you. And I was learning these, like, lifelong adult lessons at the age of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Right. You know, I learned, me, like, I learned when I was young. Sorry, this is something happened right now. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I learned when I was young, you know, if you don't keep up with the whole team, then and your station suffers and the entire kitchen suffers. And the mm-hmm. entire kitchen suffers, then the restaurant suffers, and then my dad suffers. So it's like I, I, had to, I had a lot of responsibility when I was young, and I just took it and ran with it. And, and I would say that that helped me learn a lot about myself and my own drive and really uh, self-motivation. No, well, it I, also I, probably helped you, like, for that you are fairly young to really understand how... Um, all the pieces of all the ingredients and everything fit in the kitchen. Because I know sometimes, I mean, a lot of times people complain about like the early jobs or whatever, but it's those early jobs that actually give you a basis to be creative it's as true. you no, become I, a professional. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you must have something, you must be sort of drawn to adrenaline because, I mean, working in a kitchen is not exactly a low stress job. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you know. And I think I, I was actually watching that you have this really cool video on your website um, about, you know, your experience being a chef. And I think I heard something about because you were on reality shows that it, the reality shows didn't really help you with your skill necessarily, but it helped you work under pressure, like, you know, improved your ability to work under pressure. Would you is, do you, is that still true for you? Oh, absolutely. Like, you, you don't really learn technique or skill, I guess, I, 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 uh, that you can go give to your trade. Like, I don't learn how to use a knife differently on a TV show. However, mm-hmm. keeping, like, having to keep your cool and work and perform when you know five million people are going to see it, you know, that, that, that definitely, like, adds an edge that not a lot of people have. And so I've learned to kind of use that as my motivation and also as a way to perform in high-intensity places. And it's true. You're right. I'm totally addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine, as because you are running two restaurants now in Manhattan, which is not, you know, the easiest place to run any type of business, much less a restaurant. So, I mean, I'm... 
I'm looking forward to like digging into what it's like to be the executive chef and owner of two pretty popular new restaurants um, in our next section. But I, I guess before we go there, um, you know, what would you say, like, who, who are your influences? Um, I would say for sure my dad. You know, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him and him pushing me to work with him and, you know, be with him in the kitchen, I never would be in this position. Um, I would definitely say Thomas Keller. Mm-hmm. He's um, just the way he approaches food and his approach to hard work and the word perfection. Uh, I just, I can't respect enough and I just, I love it. And I, and I try to live by that in all my kitchens every day. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, you know, there's a, a number of other chefs. So I guess those are the top two that really, you know, I try to emulate day in and day out. And so, I mean, I'm just sort of curious, how, what was the experience like for you on Chopped? Like, did you bring all of your, the, you know, sort of the influences that you, um, you know, all of the learnings that you learned to sort of be the best you can be on that program? Because, I mean, obviously we only see half of it, right? No, I mean, honestly, the reason why I love Chopped is because it's as accurate as it comes. Like, in terms of all the other shows that I've done and, you know, me kind of going in and out of the industry, TV food industry, uh, I can tell you that Chopped is, is as accurate and as good of a representation as it comes on TV. And so, and, okay. and that's why I like it and I, res- and I respect the show. So you, what you're seeing, like when you're counting down and like and people are trying to play to the last decade and, and when we look shocked because we have no idea what's in that basket, that's all real. And that time is real. They don't stop it. They don't pause it. They don't give you extra time in the beginning or the end. It's crazy. Wow. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's a really fun watch show to watch. So um, we are going to take a quick break, and we're, we're talking okay. to Jordan and, you know, so stay tuned. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking with Jordan Andino. Uh, he is an, a celebrity chef, and he is, uh, owns Second City in Manhattan and also Invite Only in Manhattan also. And I also understand that there's a couple more restaurants on the horizon, so we're psyched to be talking to Jordan. And, and um, so, so, Jordan, I guess you're right now you're doing two restaurants. What is that like, running um two restaurants at the same time like how are you actually doing that and now that you're going to be adding more to your plate haha I made that joke like um, <laughs> how are you how are you doing that um honestly <clears throat> one thing that I've, I've managed to do is reduce my hours of sleep <laughs> so uh I only operate off like four to five hours a night wow uh and and I don't drink coffee wow yeah, and so by you know by doing so that uh, that allows you to be more places because you have more hours in the day. Um, I and honestly, I just I'm as efficient as I can be with my time. I don't um, you know do anything that is just lounging around. And also, I delegate. I'm very good at delegating and overseeing and following up. So I don't just give tasks away and then never check on them again. Um, I'm uh, but I'm also I know my people around me. So mm-hmm. I, I play to their strengths, and I give them tasks, and I and I help separate out my responsibilities and duties based on what needs to be done, and I prioritize well. So, so that's a real people. learning experience too, because I know you go to school to be a chef, but they don't necessarily go to school to be a restaurant. But your background, you have that, you have both, right? You have a, a chef background as well as a um, a hospitality management background, correct? Correct. I I lucked out. Um, I, because of all of my years of training, uh, you know, in summers and winters with my dad, I really knew a lot about restaurants going into my time at Cornell. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to Cornell, they kind of taught me what I'm doing now. So uh, the combination of the two is very, very, you know, important uh, in my development as a young restaurateur. So right. Like so that's awesome. Yeah, it's like the business side and also the food side, you know, knowing how to actually make innovative uh, food, but also knowing how to run a restaurant, which is, you know. And I think that's hard to kind of combine the two, to have the artist as well as the business all in one person. So, that I mean, that's really cool that you're doing that. Yeah, a lot of my, um, 
my, all my partners actually, whenever they work with me, they, they, they actually tell me that my biggest asset is the fact that I can be equally as creative and prioritize the bottom line and profit margins and costs in the same vein. When a lot of people and also the creative types, they just want to, you know, haphazardly put things together and have no regard for cost. And right. then on the flip side, business people don't care about the product and just want to make them want to make money. So I, I think I'd walk that fine line very well. So let's just talk about the creative piece of it, because I feel like in, with least Second City, like you want to be a disruptor, a disruptor an innovator with the food that you're creating, you know? Um, so can you talk to us a little bit more about that and why that's important for you? Yeah. Um, you know, with Second City, my goal was, you know, give Filipino food to the American masses without being overtly Filipino. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, of course. I, I, want, I want it to be an introduction. I want people to know it, but I also don't want to be considered Filipino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, this is as far as Filipino food as possible with one driving ingredient or one driving flavor in each dish. But otherwise, it's hidden in stuff that people have grown to love and understand. Tacos, burritos, sandwiches. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, with the whole disrupting part or element of it, I love, I love being in a restaurant that is so backwards from how people interpret restaurants or even have a preconceived notion about them that, that like, I love people when they're thrown off. Like, you come to the restaurant, as we stated earlier, you know, there's, like, there's hip-hop playing and there's a little bit of swearing. And you have graffiti, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be greeted by people saying, yo, what up, instead of, hi, good, good evening, how are you? My name is blah, blah, right. blah, how may I help you? So I, I like disrupting that, and I like having fun. So it's the whole experience. It's not just the food. It's the surroundings as well, and truly making it an experience as part of the restaurant as opposed to just um, serving really good food. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many restaurants that have an amazing experience, but it's just so traditional and, and typical and classical. Why mm-hmm. can't you come in and feel like, you know, I think uh, Starbucks did it very well. You know, they created a third place. Not your work, not your home, but a third place. This is the, I think, that Second City is the new third place. Obviously for a little younger generation, but at the same time, this is a place where you can just come hang out and chill. You don't have to get drunk. You don't necessarily have to eat. You don't have to work. You don't have to play. You can just hang out. It's almost like a, a restaurant living room. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's really, it's really super cute. I mean, how is the, because you just opened, when did you open in May? We opened 110 days ago. Okay, wow. And so how is the, how has it been so far since opening? Um, I've never heard the, uh, the comment of, like, in, in economics, hockey stick growth. What was that? Have you ever heard the like the the statement hockey stick growth? I don't think so. Have you, heard, Jody? No, I haven't. But I assume it's growing really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, it's pretty crazy, honestly. We, you know, you you plan on having uh, a busy restaurant, and you want you know want, want to be successful. But we at no point ever thought that it was going to do what it's doing now. So I'm very really? happy with the opening. So what, what do you mean, like, can you give us an example of the growth, like, you know, any, like, percentage or, you know, how it's, exp- what's happening? Because the West um, Village, like, it can't be easy to run a restaurant in the West Village. 
no, there's, there's a lot of different factors that make it quite difficult. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, with my revenue streams and whatnot, it, I, I beat every week, every, like the previous week, every new week. <laughs> so it literally just keeps growing every single day. It, it, it's nuts. Oh, cool. that's exciting. And, yes. And yeah. you have the capacity as well. So, like, you're still not, um, I mean, if there's space for people to come and everything. It's not like there's a three-hour wait or whatever. Uh, oh, no, no. There's a wait. And it's it yeah. cool. You know, when people have a wait, they, they're, like, they're intrigued. They're like, why is there a wait there? What is it? And that, that kind of gets the buzz going a little more. And luckily, I mean, I guess it's a curse and a blessing. Uh, the restaurant is tiny. Yeah, tiny. <laughs> uh, and so it fills up quick. And so with that, you know, people are like, oh, well, what is this place? So it fills up quick and people, that kind of keeps the momentum going. How many seats are there in there, in the restaurant? 15, 15 seats. 15. Wow. And, it's, yeah. and then like, and that 15 seats leaves you essentially very little room to stand. Right, right. Yeah. But you know what's cool about the restaurant, too, is that you have, um, you have like places people can plug in their phones around the wall. We've Correct. noticed that. That that I thought that was really cool. And and obviously, my friend was like, "Yeah, this is obviously a new generation uh, restaurant because obviously the you know the owner is hip to the beat here with the with everybody having to plug in their phones." Um, so I mean, what? How are you getting the word out? Obviously, whatever you're doing is working. So I know you're on social media. Um, how are how are you getting people? Like, how is it? Is it word of mouth? Like, how are how are people finding you? Honestly, uh, I would say two things. Um, social media, for sure. Uh-huh. And then, well, three. Social media, and then my PR agency, Balt & Co. They are amazing, fantastic, both people and, and partners in this, and workers, and I, and I love them. So, you know, oh, that's all right. Obviously. Yeah, and then the last thing, actually, is uh, Yelp. We never, uh-huh. we never meant to concentrate on it. Uh, we happen to have good reviews. And that has literally brought in so many people day over day. Really? And they yep. tell you, oh, I, f- I saw you in Yelp or whatever. Yeah, they, they, and that's how- oh, because like, it's part of our, our dialogue to ask, where did you hear about us? What brought you in here? How did you come to find the place? And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I said everything. Well, and I think that's very next gen too, right? Is that everyone is using social media for restaurants. And, and I don't know if it started in the whole food truck business, and then it evolved into restaurants, but it just seems like um, the more progressive uh, restaurants have figured out how to use social media well. Oh, I, I, absolutely. There, there, there's, it started with what you said, for sure. And it's honestly just been such a vessel to market your place for lower cost than you normally would. No more billboards, no commercials. Um, right. And if you learn how to do it properly, which I luckily have done, um, you know, you can have a good, good place at visit. So, so just real quick, I know um, you have the other restaurant, Invite Only, and how does that? How is that different from Second City? Oh, it varies greatly. Um, it's it's basically a, uh, I guess you look like a lounge supper club. So uh-huh. it has the food is very different. It's kind of just clean cut American cuisine. And um, it turns into a nightclub Fridays and Saturdays. It's a bigger dining room, seats about 100 people. So, you know, just the concept is very different. But I met um, my partner there through one of my personal chefing clients. 
Uh, and, you know, it was kind of, we hit it off and we wanted to do something for a while. Mm-hmm. And which do you like better? I mean, like, I, it's probably like children, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't necessarily like one or the other, but I mean, because it's very, <laughs> or is it just kind of what's new, right? Um, no, honestly, uh, Second City Vision, that's my baby forever. Um, yeah. It's, it's my, it's, there's so many reasons. It's my first restaurant. It's literally my personality and vibe within the yeah. restaurant. It's all my music. It's all my staff. Like, it's, that's, no matter what, I don't even care if it's, like, if it's like, you know, it's not, it's not maybe not my breadwinner or whatever, that's going to be my baby for as long as I live. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you have such a, an attachment to it. That That is so oh, awesome, yeah. like, as a business owner to, like, find that, um, you know, that baby and to grow it and to feed it and to nurture it. And Absolutely. and it's only 110 days. Yeah. <laughs> and it's growing. <laughs> and it's I growing. It's getting bigger. So we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, what what else is happening for you and get into more of the business side, which Jody loves to do um, in our next segment. So everybody stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold at Let's Get Radical. 
And I have to give a couple of quick shout outs to two of our sponsors, and that is Bill.com and Avalara. Um, and I am so excited to be here today with Jordan Andino, who is like a restaurateur rock star. He's been <laughs> on all the like uh, reality food shows, and he's also running two um, restaurants, soon to be more, in New York. And it's just amazing to me to hear the business side of it as well as the creative side of it. And it seems like he has both you know, artistic training as well as classical business training. So it's been really fun so far to hear about that. Um, so what I'm going to get into now is my favorite part, and that's the financial underwear drawer. Woo-hoo. And we're going to find out more about the operations of his restaurants and how that's been going for him. So, Jordan, tell me about how you kind of do the the back office side, right? Like, what are you doing as far as accounting or, um, you know, costing? And, and how are you figuring all that out? Well, you know, I base it off of... A lot of different factors, but I would say that I have a cost in mind given a certain type of average check. So in order to, here's an example, in order to execute a fine dining restaurant, your labor is going to have to be around 30% of your actual revenue because you need to create a good environment and you have to be able to give that amazing service that represents the food. Mm-hmm. Um, something along the lines of Second City, uh, more fast casual, I want to run somewhere along the lines of a 23% cost, 7% less, um, just because you don't, you know, as much as the service is there, it's also you don't need as many people. It's not as labor intensive. Right. So you really know your numbers, and you really pay attention to your costs. And, and how does that go as far as, like, buying your um, produce and stuff like that? Is, is it expensive in New York to find good produce at the right prices and stuff like that, or is that... Um, it's it's okay within New York because I know New York's expensive. Yeah, um, honestly, I think I think because of the you know diversity and and also just amount of restaurants in the area, the suppliers have obviously flocked to the New York area, so it's easy to find a lot of different ingredients. Now, finding them within a good price range—that's a different story. And also, when that price range matches the quality of the ingredients, specifically fresh produce. Like you, wow. the stuff that yeah, the stuff that you can get in upstate New York is a million times better and more fresh. But you so you have to be able to utilize what is, what the market can get you at the price that you can pay. Because I, ideally, I'd like all of my tomatoes to come from you know within two hundred miles of my front door and be amazing and good. But at the same time, tomatoes are in season all the time. So if I want to be true to that, I would have to not have tomatoes on my menu and go to a different menu item. So it's. It's, it's a balance, and it really is, like you said earlier, it's a balance between being creative and having an amazing product while making sure my business makes money, and also I have a consistent product, which ties into both. And who has helped you along this? Did you, like, hire an accountant or a CPA or um, another restaurateur who kind of showed you the ropes, or how did you kind of um, figure out all this stuff, like, beyond school, right? Because we know, like, you learn something in school, but then... You know, when you get to the real world, it's a little bit different. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a lot of bit different. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I would say I learned, I picked up everyone who I've ever worked with, I learned from. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if I'm working for you, with you, or you work for me. Um, and I always try to pick up the best qualities of each person that I ever come across. And so honestly, that's just for me working and meeting so many different people. Uh, and, and I just... I've been a sponge of absorbing it. I'm not 
I'm not nearly young enough to think that I know everything. Uh, and, I, and I know that I just have to always listen and hear what the people around me have to say because there's definitely a better way to do things. Got to find it. Right. And this may be a little bit detailed for you, but um, how do you feel about the whole sales tax issue and um, keeping track of all that stuff within your restaurants and, and beverage taxes versus food taxes? And, or you got someone who takes care of that? Yeah, I mean, like I, I said this earlier on the show, I, I do delegate, and uh, so each one of my restaurants has a designated general manager. They have uh, um, an accountant and, you know, a small little team running everything, and I'm just overseeing it. So, but honestly, certain things like, okay, the, the tax, like the sales tax, uh, definitely a headache. Um, there's a thing in New York called spread of hours, meaning if you work over 10 hours, uh, you have to pay another daily overtime, then obviously overtime, and then uh, the new thing that where $15 an hour might be the new minimum wage. There's a lot of these new business decisions and, you know, I guess government restrictions and regulations that have affected me. And um, I, just take, I just take it in stride, and I, I don't sit there and complain. I try to be as pre- proactive as possible. Wow. So that's like really entrepreneurial too, right? To like just kind of as things are coming at you, you're just learning about them and you're growing with them as they grow and then, or as you know, as you experience them and then um, you can take that, that experience. And then as you go to open more restaurants, which it sounds like are in your future, you'll have a little bit more behind you to keep growing so that you can have like, I don't know, is there a goal of like 40 restaurants or like a hundred restaurants or you don't know, you haven't gotten that far. Oh no, no. I know there is a goal (laughs) of me being the sole owner and proprietor of one restaurant. Okay. That's it. <laughs> you know, I don't want, like, as much as I respect my partners and I love all of them and they're, I work well with all of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's so you still have partners. Like, my goal is to, I want to own a restaurant and I want to be the sole owner of it and I want to be able to make all the decisions and, and I want to be able to cook in it. And that's my goal. Just one. Just is, one. That, is that going to be Second City or is that going to be another one? I think that the place that, that, that I'm alluding to is... A second city refined. So it's second hmm. city, but upscale. I see. And do you have a time frame for this goal? I mean, or we're just kind of going with it? Um, I want to do it before 35. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome because I think it's good to have a concrete goal like that and to actually put a time frame around it because now it's something that you know that you're working towards. And I think too many entrepreneurs say, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to, but because they don't put any um, time frame around it, it just kind of gets lost from them. So I love that you've already kind of put the goal around it and, and dates and all that stuff. Um, and how old are you now? I am 28, just turned 28. So, yeah, so seven years. So that's totally doable for seven years. I, I totally think so. You know, I've been, a lot of things have happened in five years of me being in New York, from being executive chef to cooking for all these people and then going to the Hamptons and then these TV shows and then owning three, three restaurants. So I'm like, if that's happening in five years, what's going to happen in the next seven? <laughs> so, <laughs> I figure that's a good goal, right? Yeah, no, that's that's a great goal, and and I love the way you're just kind of taking it in stride because what you realize, and I know that similar things have happened to me, is like you couldn't even even imagine 
the opportunities that come your way once you put yourself out there, right? So once you start doing a lot of PR stuff and and all of a sudden the the harder things for you are going to probably be um, saying no, right? Because keeping your focus on what's really important and saying no, because what happens is as you become more successful, more opportunities come your way. And then, you know, it's like, are these the right opportunities for me at the right time? I, I totally agree. And, you know, I've had to say no to a bunch of different things that I may have taken before. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, you're right. Having the goal is definitely, it helps because I know exactly what I want. Um, but these opportunities are coming, and it, it's, it's cool. And, I'm honestly, I'm very humbled um, when all these things happen because I don't, like, in my head, I live a different, <laughs> a different life and world, but I'm also a realist. So uh, I know that, you know, this fire isn't going to burn this long or this hot forever. So you got to strike while the iron's hot and you got to capture all the right opportunities. So you mentioned there were, you were owner of three restaurants. What's the third one? Also the third one, um, I'm actually currently sitting in right now. Um, (laughs) and it's, it's called, uh, vinyl and it's uh, a, yeah, it's a 1970s Beverly Hills themed speakeasy. With a oh. little bit of, with a few nods to Irish culture, because uh, my, my the main partner and business owner here is uh, is Irish. Huh. And uh, here we're doing uh, California, like upscale California cuisine. And if I, I guess if I had to define that, it would be curating a menu that you know fits the lifestyle of like a typical Californian. So it would be health oriented, like clean flavors, and of course avocados. <laughs> <laughs> and is that already open, or are you in the process of opening it? I'm, I'm sitting in front of my computer right now, looking over the menu, creating the training program. Uh, I'm assuming this will this restaurant will open. Actually, not assuming. It's going to open on September 9th, grand opening. Wow. So that's Fair like that next week. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's week. pretty, that's, that's very, it's coming right up. So New Yorkers, yep. get it, get it, get it. Um, I'm curious, you know, what is a typical day for you? Like, what does that look like? Uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of people keep asking me that recently. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's cool because I, I guess I never kind of reflected upon it. But typical day uh, starts at eight. Um, now starts at seven thirty. I wake up, uh, get ready. Eight o'clock. It starts. Um, immediately go to emails, um, and and then commute. Uh, commute can be anywhere between ten fifteen minutes, depending on where I'm going, all the way up to forty five minutes if it's a far, further meeting. Uh, during that time, I'm recapping all of my emails and, and planning like where what meetings are happening and, and what day. And then, uh, just really depending on the day, I'm either cooking or recipe testing or meeting or um, interviewing or doing shows or whatever it may be. Um, always around like three, like two to two, three, four o'clock, I break for an hour and a half and go to the gym five days a week. Mm-hmm. It keeps me sane. I'm also very I'm also very energetic, so I need I need to be able to like release some of this energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the night either ends up I'm cooking, working the line, or working one of the restaurants. And I do that six days a week, um, and my days so typically eight a.m. till call it eleven, twelve p.m. or wow. eleven. Wow, 11 that's a long day. Yeah, no wonder you're cutting your hours for sleep. You have yeah, to, yeah, sounds you, like. And then, and then uh, I guess foolishly of me, I, at the end of each day, like if it ends at 10, 11, or 12, I 
people, that's like my very limited social time. So I'll either call some friends or I'll go have a beer or, yeah. or go out or whatever it may be. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're talking to Jordan Andino and um, about his restaurant empire. And you're listening to Let's Get Radical, and we are going to be right back after this break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Let's Get Radical, and this is Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. Our guest today is Jordan Andino. He's the executive chef and owner of Second City and Invite Only in Manhattan, and he's got a third restaurant getting ready to open on September 9th called Vinyl. And so, Jordan, so tell us, you know, obviously you've opened you know, your own restaurants, there's more on the horizon. You know, what would you say to a young up and coming, you know, restaurant owner wannabe, you know, somebody that's really looking to launch their own restaurant? What are, what are some tips that you would have or any advice that you would give to them? Um, I would, honestly, I would say, um, the, uh, wow. <laughs> There's so many things to say. Um, <laughs> don't get don't get hammered down by the details. Like mm-hmm. l- always look at the big picture. You know, as when you open restaurants, you're going to encounter everything uh, that is 
and like all these different things that make you feel like the world's trying to stop you from opening this restaurant. Um, so you, you can't, you can't let those bog you down and, and, and demoralize you because if, if you, if you continue to let the small things bother you, then you're, you're going to get discouraged and eventually, you know, that, that'll, that'll probably affect how you work and the product you put forth. And then I would also say surround yourself with people who know more than you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I said this earlier, I definitely don't know everything. And I want to keep learning, and I definitely love the fact that the people that have either been attracted to my talent or that have worked that have worked together or whatever, we've we've all been created a good team and effort, and I've learned a lot from them, and they've picked up where I've either failed or would have failed. I think that's some really great advice. I really do mm-hmm. because I think too many times um, people get caught in the detail. And, like, you have to have that bigger vision, which it sounds like you do. And then um, to, to realize um, that it, it takes a team, right, to, to run the restaurant. Like, you can't do everything yourself and to learn to delegate and all that stuff, which it sounds like you've, you've done really well for um, being, you know, uh, as young as you are. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I think that millennials bring a lot to the table They that um, – it's just that energy, that fresh energy of like, oh, like, let's do it differently because, um, you know, because the world's changed and people want different things and let's experiment with that and, and see how successful it is. And it sounds like your restaurant um, with the um, outlets for Liz and all her electronics uh, is, you know, doing well, right? That, you know, that would be something that wouldn't be in a more traditional restaurant, but yet obviously you're, you found the niche and, and it's growing really fast, which is awesome. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, I, I kind of live by this. I really think that, you know, the inability to adapt is equivalent to business suicide. Mm. So Mm -hmm. like as much as like, like, you know, older, like more, I guess, you know, traditional minded people want to, you know, have it, we don't like the, the worst quote ever is this is how we've always done it. I hate mm. that quote. <laughs> because, Are you listening, just, accountants? <laughs> because just if, if you're saying this is the way we've always done it, that means that, and you're doing it maybe a specific way, and then we can, and not even someone young, but someone maybe with more expertise comes in and they go, well, then you've been doing it wrong this entire time. You know, like mm. just because you've been doing it a certain way, that doesn't mean it's the best or right way. Right. And. Right. And like, I just, I can't stand when people are like, well, we've always done it this way. I'm like, well, then why? And I just, I I lose my mind on it. So I think you won the award on our show for being the most innovative business that we've had so far. I really believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I really believe it because I, I feel like, you know, not to say that restaurants are, I mean, obviously there's innovative restaurants, but it just seems like everything you touch is very innovative, whether it be being like on a reality TV show, I mean, or social media or your new concepts in your restaurant. I mean, I don't think I've met someone as innovative in your line of work um, as I have today. So it's been a phenomenal show and getting to your innovation in uh, a non-traditional way. Because when people think about innovation, I think they always think about, you know, computers and programming and stuff like that. And they don't necessarily think about how you can be innovative in, you know, I'll say an everyday type of business such as a restaurant. Yeah, agreed. Totally. 
I, what I also think is interesting that you bring to the table is humility, because I, I think it would be easy for somebody w- with your background and, you know, your expertise and, you know, your success already, you know, at age 28 to, to not really want to listen to anybody and to think that you have all the answers. And I am hearing the exact opposite that, you know, it's that you, you realize that it's important to listen to people and it's important to delegate. And the fact that you said, you know, it's it, you've learned from everybody that you've worked with, which I think is really important because sometimes we work with people that we think are awful and they're like, oh, we didn't, I didn't learn anything from them. But actually, I think, you do, you know, even if you, you have a really hard experience with somebody, you do learn something from them. So I think your your attitude seems to be really um, working for you <laughs> and positive, <laughs> you. you know, which I think is really, really important for an entrepreneur. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I just, uh, it's funny because people kind of, I, some people almost expect me to, to be like cocky and kind of fool myself. So like when they, when they yeah. come into Second City, like, you know, they, they don't, they're like, oh, he doesn't have time for me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. Like, I'll, like, I'll totally talk to you. Like, I'm, like, you're, you're coming in supporting my business. Why would I not, you know, exchange a word or two with you, you know? I'm never not that busy. And also, right. it's funny that you even mentioned it that way because Second City, it was, like, a lot of the food wasn't made, or I, I'm not, I'm sorry, made it, um, but it was all learned from all of my cooks that I've been working with from Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of like some of the techniques and stuff. And I brought that all in from my staff meals and from talking to them and learning their language and learning their culture. So it's like, wow. and, and, they, and they've been working with me for me for years. And like, and I just, I listen to them. And I'm like, dude, these are amazing things. You should totally put that on the menu. You should t- teach me how to do this. So you can never stop learning. Yeah. Yeah. They actually call that, I think it's incremental innovation or I think that, but it's how like people learn to innovate by taking the classics and, and changing it up just a little bit. But no, yeah, that's like that been term. phenomenal. Uh, I like that it's, it sounds so, so awesome. I have to get to New York now to get to your restaurant. Yeah, you have to come <laughs> yeah. back and we have to go. We have to like do now the circuit. Or you'll have to come yep. to Chicago and open one here. <laughs> uh, that might be, yeah, that might be in the future, hopefully. Are you are you scouting out other states or are you kind of New York? Yeah, we've been uh, no, we've been scouting out North Carolina, uh, Philly specifically, Boston specifically, Boulder, Colorado, um, oh, wow. and Austin. So, what's an enticing area for you to open up a restaurant? Um, honestly. <laughs> Any of those places, uh, because, just because of, like, you know, kind of the market and um, how we think Second City will fit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Austin, I would imagine, I mean, any of those places would be probably, it seems like your restaurants would fit anywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I just, there's also places that we want uh, that are almost, I guess you could call it economic proof. And those, those mm-hmm. typically are college towns. Because no matter what, people are always going to get an education. There's always going to be a, an influx of, you know, of anywhere right. from 20,000 to 100,000 people coming in. Right. right, and ready to eat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, Jordan, we have to close our show for the day, but we're so excited and th- thankful that you stopped by. Well, not really stopped by, that you called <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I wish we did have a studio. You stop by at a studio. But, um, no, you guys, everybody in New York and beyond needs to check out Jordan's uh, restaurant, Second City, Invite Only, and 
Vinyl, which is opening on September 9th. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening to Let's Get Radical. And thank you, Jordan, for being on our show. And we will be with you again next Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot